This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here, the leaded WrestleZone's very own podcast about all professional wrestling such as AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. Folks, uh, you're probably wondering right now, why am I doing a podcast today because it's double or nothing? Why the F and not? You know what I mean? Look, I right now I want to get certain things out of the way because that's the whole thing with me. I like to keep things on schedule, particularly with this podcast episode because I got a great topics that I was able to uh, capture and, and uh, write notes about and all that. And also don't forget, we know it's Double or Nothing, one of the biggest events ever. And of course, we got fans, folks. We cannot stress enough how much we missed it. So it's kind of fun, but I will review that AEW Dynamite and, of course, Got to Move Pro Wrestling with their latest episode, uh, show where they're celebrating the birthday of Tag Team's uh, very own uh, Best Bros in a gauntlet match. But right now, let's jump in with the topics with, uh, of course, well, if you guys want to know where you can watch the hear these reviews, they will be on my YouTube channel, which is Deleted WrestleZone. Uh, you can catch me there. Subscribe to my channel if you like. Um, you see, if you guys are confused, like, why am I having that instead of I couldn't do it here? Well, I like to keep things certain things separate, uh, you know, because I, didn't, I don't want to stress too much on certain things. But it is what it is. That's how I'll roll. But if I'm planning to review, like, a certain event, like I did with the Hanakamura Memorial Show that took place uh, last week, then, yeah, that's different. But, however, I will through those once in a while. Now, let's jump into the latest topic coming in with WWE. As you know, there has been recent um, updates that came around where two people who were doing commentary just recently released. One of them was Adrian, uh, I think, no, Adam Verk. And Simon Phillips, uh, if you guys heard recently, these guys were let go mutually. It was kind of interesting, you know, because uh, from my understanding, they didn't have Adrian, no, a, um, Adam uh, Burke, uh, Kirk Burke, I think that's the name. He's only been on the job for seven weeks, so he played. He was the lead play-by-play commentator on Raw, which. It's kind of weird. Now, if you guys notice, like, why they're messing around with just having, replacing a, a third member. Because if you guys know, the last third member was Samoa Joe, and he just recently was released. And some fans, uh, I recall on Twitter, saying, can we just leave it with two people? I mean, what's the point? And, and, and you know what? I have to agree on that spectrum. Why there has to be three? Uh, three? I mean, look. We have seen three commentators work together on certain occasions. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Now you can ask me where are the who are the three commentators that we've seen in professional wrestling? Now, for example, right now we got currently AEW on Dynamite. We have Jim Ross, uh, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. And who else does it? Well, we know that WCW did that back in the day with Tony Schiavone, uh, Mike Tenay. And Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, Larry Zabisco, he was the, uh, the first part of the of that when Bobby Heenan take over. But that's how it was. But 
I I feel Raw should just stop looking for a third man and stick what you guys got right now. I think it's for me it's that simple. But of course, for them it's only trying to make sense to themselves. You know that, that I'm not gonna argue about that. But it's their funeral, not ours. Now, those who have been watching AEW from the very beginning, there's been one wrestler many people have talked about. I'm talking about Rio Nizunami. Now, those who don't know she was, she was on the very first AEW Dyn uh, Double or Nothing pay-per-view back in 2019 on May. Now, we haven't seen or heard from her for over a for almost since then, but she finally made her reemergence in um where at for the annual for the new thing the AEW Women's World Championship Eliminator and sh she was part of the Japanese bracket now you probably ask yourselves where the where the f have she's been the entire time from what to uh, Excalibur said that she was on the verge of retiring but since she made her appearance in AEW it changed her perspective now since then she's only been wrestling in uh, in various promotions but mostly with Seedling, which is um, uh, one of the former stardom uh, talent that used to work there. Now she runs this promotion. Now, she there was two things that took place in that promotion, the Seedling, um, on May 26th at uh, Shin uh, Shinkaba night. Two things happened. One, La Frescas de Oguiastas consistent of Asuka, or better known as an AEW Veni, and of course, Makoto, became the new Beyond the Sea Tag Team Champions. But the biggest shock, which was number two, was the surprise appearance of Ryo Nizunami, who decided to make Seedling her home. Uh, which is great, because uh, I know she made appearance in that promotion before, but... Uh, her bit, but this is what happened. No one knows what she was ex what she was doing, like what to expect. But later is revealed that, as you know, I mentioned Asuka, who is now one half of the Beyond the Sea Tag Team Champions. Currently, she's also serving as the Beyond the Sea Champion. So that means she's the top champion. She's now a dual champion, and it appears that Rio Nizunami wants that title. And I'm like. Make it happen! Now, for all you guys here in the States, you probably say to yourself, are we ever going to see Ryu Nizunami come back to, to AEW? I mean, I would love to see her come back, you know, because she's an, a very uh, amazing talent, you know, AEW needs to have. And not to mention, recently, she, her last few events that she, bookings that she did, she teamed up with Layla Hirsch, and their combination of working together is pretty uh Amazing. I mean, I would love to see Rio and Layla Hirsch work together again, and that's how the thing. You probably ask yourself, maybe she'll go with uh, Rio Nizunami for stealing. Yeah, originally she also was part of a uh, what's it, a stardom tour, but this was prior before the pandemic, from my understanding. I just don't remember what faction she was in, but I'm very excited to see what she's gonna do. If there's any stealing events with her in it, I'll find out and I'll let you guys know. As soon as possible. Now let's move on to other topics that uh, that kind of came around. Okay, this is a very interesting one. 
As you know, the recent releases that came all the way from NXT, one of them to me was a surprise, was Alexander Wolf. Now, you probably asked me, J-Rod, he, uh, he got released. I mean, what is so important? Think about it. Alexander Wolf, he had made a lot of appearances on NXT, but the real question is, why let him go? It, it didn't make any sense to me. But here's the thing from what I understand. If you guys follow Alexander Wolf, he was already in the United States <coughs> as part of a faction alongside um, with Eric Young, who's currently now with Impact, along with Killian Dane and his real-life wife, Nikki Cross. They were known as Sanity. And to me, they were a very interesting tag team, but they never were pushed to what they were needed. They were not utilized. And of course, Triple H came up with the idea of them returning to NXT. But Alexander Wolf, in the other hand, he actually went to NXT UK and he joined Imperium, which is Walter's faction. And I'm like, okay, this could work. I think separating them was kind of like a better pill because we don't know what kind of a, you know. Hold on, folks, I got a phone call. Sorry, folks. That was my mother. Uh, as you guys, I didn't. I failed to tell you guys. I've been currently recovering from an ear infection that happened this past Wednesday. She's only checking up on me, you know, like any good mother is to their son. And I'm almost fully recovered right now. Like the pain is gone, but the part of my ear is muffed. But I'm not here to talk about that. But right now, this is what's going on. As you know, Triple H had these guys return to NXT. But however. Sanity was disbanded. Wolf was sent to NXT UK. Dane remained NXT. Now, you probably ask yourself, why would he return to NXT? The guy's possibly British. Uh, reason is, his wife, uh, Nikki Cross, is in the main roster. I mean, how dumb are you to separate them? You know what I mean? It's always been the case like that. And as we know, uh, Eric Young was released last year on... April 15 of 2020, as we call it, Black Wednesday. But I think that's possibly the, 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 the bitter pill. Now, I've always questioned a lot about this whole ordeal with the releases. Now, I, I question why Alexander Wolf. It didn't make no sense to me. The dude has been a workhorse, but why release him now? And I'm like thinking maybe he got tired or he got fed up or they just don't see anything in him. Who knows, you know? Who knows what WWE are thinking? That's the that's the problem, you know? And I, I can't uh, stress enough about, you know, how this is, why this happened, but we'll see where they're going to go with it. Now, I mentioned before on this on a various in, uh, episode about, if you guys remember, Mickey James pitched an idea prior before 
going being released by WWE about having an all women show within the brand within WWE. WWE rejected the idea because they believe they will not gain any money or anything. I'm like, okay, but it turns out Sasha Banks also shared that same vision, and now Shayna Baszler is on it. It appears that there are talks they want to have in all women's wrestling thing, and it's starting to be picked up by many other women wrestlers. Now, for all of you saying, why is that important? I mean, if you guys are aware, we do have in all women's promotions in the U.S. We have uh, Shimmer, we have Shine, <coughs> uh, Women of Wrestling, but we haven't seen them for quite a while. They're only a seasonal show, but uh, yeah, those only two. What about outside the U.S.? Well, we do have st uh, like Pro Wrestling Eve down in the U.K., and I forgot what was the other one, uh, Bellatrix something. Uh, there's plenty of the women's promotions out in uh, in Japan. and You probably know all the lists. There's Stardom, Tokyo Yoshi Pro, all that. But within WWE, that's, that's like a major thing that could happen. If you guys recall, I, meant, I mentioned this before. Mick Foley said this on a Twitter. Hey, Vince, we, need, WWE needs an all-women's uh, brand. But if but AEW could beat you to the punch. And it's true. It could happen. I mean, look, Kenny Omega even talked about this before, that he would love to see an all-women's wrestling show within AEW. So think about it. Why would anybody want to bring this up again? It could be a good thing for both promotions. But the real question we will say is who had the better brand? That That is the discussion that needs to be mostly talked about. Now, you can say this to me, like saying, but Jero, what if WWE are right? What if it won't generate any money? You don't know that. But here's a lot of questions that I say. How would they do it? What does this mean for the women's, the women's who are already champions? You know, like um, Rhea Ripley, uh, Bianca Belair, uh, Natalia and Tamina. How, what does that mean for them? Are they have to not involve call themselves champions or what? That that's one of the things that's like a pros and cons scenario. You know what I mean? So in the cons section, that is one of them. The the champions within Raw and SmackDown and possibly NXT and all the brands. It would make a lot of sense on that. But however, how would they present it? Now, if WWE are not interested in having this, it's their own fault and. Mickey James said that she would like to focus on that. And to me, I say, let it happen. Teach WWE a lesson that you should have made it happen when you had the chance. Someone will beat you to the punch. And I would love to see that. Now, I came across this interview yesterday from Inside the Ropes. This interview took place last of October of 2020. And it's from, of course... Shinjiro Takagi, who is one of the top executives within Cyberfight, which is uh, an organization that owns three wrestling promotions based out of Japan. Uh, DDT Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Noah, and Tokyo Yoshi Pro. Now, you probably ask me, why is this important? Well, apparently they've been making headways with all three of these promotions. 
Um, of course, uh, Shinjiro said that he would like to continue having a great relationship with AEW. As you may or may not have heard, um, AEW had Maki Ito uh, appeared in, um, what was it, in Revolution when she teamed up with Britt Baker. Now, they asked Shinjiro, like, how would he felt about this whole thing, like, but he even had other wrestlers, but he said he would love to have wrestlers come from AEW to be in both shows. There, there, there's a lot of things, and of course, he's right now looking forward to their upcoming super fight, the super show called uh, Cyber Fight Festival, which he wants to have it in uh, Saitama Super Arena, which is in the, in the city of Saitama. And it's a pretty good uh, venue from my understanding. Even DDT did some shows there. But right now, I want to uh, do one of those question and errors that they, the, uh, like questions that they throw in at in. That way, you guys can get a better idea. And um, it's a very long one. That's why I chose this because it kind of, Jinjiro kind of explains a lot. But <coughs> uh, let's see. Let me start with the beginning. Where is it at? Okay. This is uh, one of the questionnaires that they, the, the things have put out. So just stay with me, okay, folks? This is going to be a long one. Uh, this is Inside the Ropes. When we last spoke in October 2020, you spoke many great plans for CyberFight Stable, several which were since come to fruition, including the return of to the Saitama Super Arena and talent excursions to AEW. How happy are you with the stable's progress thus far? He, he answers, I leave the day-to-day tasks at NOAA up to their team, but the team is functioning well around Takeda-san. Uh, the fact the Budokan show was a success was huge for the team. In my personal opinion, I was a bit, it was a bit of a gamble to run Budokan, and I feel that NOAA team won that gamble. Motivation was always high at NOAA, but it was less visible un until the financial foundation st uh, stabilized. We had NOAA join our group from the perspective of striving to become number one in the industry, and they, they are delivering. Going forward, the goal is domestically will be to have more eyeballs on great stuff that is going on inside the ring. It has some ways... To go internationally, but I'm leaving that up to Noah Team too. As DDT, as I well mentioned, I still time to build up and prepare, just like uh, Takashita recently um, said in Shupro uh, Weekly Pro Wrestling Magazine interview that it was time for him to build up and prepare. More specifically, it was adding skill set, brushing up uh, different concepts, getting prepared to cross over the masses, etc., etc., etc. It won't be too far until we flip the switch and go to the offensive. With TJ uh, uh, Tokyoshi Pro Wrestling, I must first mention the debut of Yuki Aria. Both management of Cyberfight and SKE48, uh, the idol group where she belonged to, were confident in the successful debut but the the news spread across to the general masses as far as we expected. They simply look at the news. A top member of the top idol group 
in Japan entered a world of pro wrestling full on at 167 meters tall and 23 years old. Aria has potential to become a top star in wrestling, not just in Japan, but globally. She has always had eyes on the global expansion, even as an idol. And I think it might have been one of the reasons why she chose to take up pro wrestling. Aria ranked 28th in the AKGB Group Global General Elections out of 339 members. It feels that the stars are aligned now that Tokyoshi Pro take aggressive action with different talent. We originally had Aria scheduled to appear once a month so far, but we're ready to add adding shows to our schedule. Japanese wrestling industry has tense tensity to disapprove of the situation where there's one dominant player and might that case people are looking for new stars to emerge. Gambara Gambara Pro is coming along fine, but they do have to step up and reach the next phase. So I'm talking to them. Specifically, they need to have multiple Korokon Hall shows on their show's schedule or run big shows in big cities outside of Tokyo that have the population basis in a million. There are new things being born inside the ring, such as Ganbari Yoshi or Ganch uh, Joe, or uh, the Spearhead with Yuna uh, Manase. Now, here's the next the next question he they asked. The Saitama Super Arena show is, of course, the Cyber Fight Festival 2021 will, and it will feature matches from DDT, Noah, and T, uh, Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling and Gambari. How did the plans of this joint Super Show come around? He goes on, the top management of each brand promotion get together and talk on a regular basis. So that is where these ideas come about. The top management were in agreement that we needed a breakthrough. We all share the motivation to become number one in the industry based our daily actions and decisions on that goal. And I believe that is the Super Show is culmination of all of that. He, uh, Insider Ropes question is, next question was, do you invasive cyber fight to become an annual event? Can we expect more? cross-promotional shows throughout the year he goes he, re- he answers right now we are focusing on the on mark uh, making cyber fight festival 2021 a success then we'll think about uh, about what in, ensues inside the ropes uh, goes uh, question it next question is there are a handful international ma- uh, inter promotional matches on the show what is challenging to restrain in bookings dream matches? He go, uh, Tagagi goes, I really didn't have much to cross-promotional stuff mine. My match with Keno wasn't something originally planned, but it has happened between us. The best thing that, to do is settle in the ring so that everyone can uh, where, where things end up. But really, I don't have too m- many... Interpromotional matches plan. Given the volume of the balance, uh, everything that will take place that day, competition between the promotions occur outside of the context of fighting each other directly in the ring. The triple main event is also a competition, so competition to see which title match puts on the best performance between three promote 
uh, promotions. Wow. I have to agree with that. There is a triple th triple uh, main event for both three both shows. Inside the ropes, next question is, DDT, Tokyo Yoshi Pro, and, and Noah have each other developed English offerings over the last six months. Do you foresee any conti uh, continued expansion into ling Eng um, English language content going forward? If so, what does that look like? Tagagi goes on to say, we want to continue to be aggressive. If there are foreign media out there that are willing to give us a platform, we would love to talk to them more. DT and Noah both have staff that are changing international businesses. And we are equipped to host Zoom fan meetings with English speaker fans. For example, DT will have its first live English commentary meeting in, at Cyberfight Festival. It will not be the last time that happened. I think it must that we tackle American and European markets that we and and we will do so with different approach from what that of New Japan. We also work on access, <laughs> accessing the Asian markets. Inside the ropes, the next question is, despite the challenges surrounding travel, DDT and Tokyo Yoshi Pro Stars have appeared in AEW programming recently with Maki Ito and Konosuke Takeshita both were on excursion to the U.S. How would you describe your working relationship with AEW? Tagagi responds, I think the relationship is great, at least from our end. It's actually not hard to travel the U.S. from our end, but then again, it's issues losing two weeks in quarantine when talent returned from Japan to Japan. But since we put our talent on the shows, we would like to return a favor to when the situation allows. We'd like to get Kenny Omega back to DDT after the COVID uh, subsides too. There's a, a lot of DDT family and alum, and slash alums in AEW such as Ethan Page, Ricky Starks, Sammy Guevara, Cole Cabana, um, Thunder Rosa, Royce Isaacs, and I want to see them all succeed. Other talent that we already had DDT, and I would like to book. I would like to book Orange Cassidy. I also like to bring Joe Janela to Japan too, not just to return a favor and for being a great host for Yoshihiko's U.S. tour. I've always had an interest in, in booking him. We also have a relationship with Hikaru Shida, and I was actually one of the judges in the audition for that movie. Ended up kicking off her pro wrestling career. She's doing great right now, and I'd love to see her uh, make a triumphal return to Japan in DDT one day. Inside the ropes, uh, next question is, were you surprised how positively Maki Ito was received in AEW fanbase? She was an incident. He, uh, Tagagi responds, I actually wasn't that surprised. I knew she had it in her to become an instant hit. I was watching YouTube in real time, but... I wasn't surprised when I saw the chant window get total takeover by Maki Ito's mentions. For many of the AEW fans, though, she may have seemed like a suddenly came out of nowhere from completely out of their radars. Inside the ropes, uh, at, 
question is, this question is, can we expect to see more talent head to the States for excursion in, and in return, AW head to Japan? Tagagi goes on, our general pro policy is let talent go on excursion to AW. So as long as AW and the talent themselves want it, with uh, Take, with Take Shida, unlike with Ito, he took initiative to make the move to go. We just provided support. Uh, personally, I think Mizuki and Hikara Noah would be interested in picks for AEW. Mizuki sent shockwaves across the globe if she delivers the whirling candy of AEW TV. Hikaru, Hikari would leave a huge impact if she teams with or fights John Moxley. <laughs> Uh, uh, inside the ropes goes, we're, we're over a year into Pro Wrestling Noah's acquisition by Cyber Agent, and the promotion appears to be from strength to strength. Have you been happy with the progress over the past uh, 18 months? Tagagi responds, I am absolutely satisfied. But again, the progress was a progress bringing them out of a negative state, and we finally reached a point where we can expect brighter future. Now we've succeeded rebranding Noah and given the name more of a positive ring. Again, if I do say we, but I was the but it was the result of the motivation of the Noah team and Takaseta Sun's leadership. Inside the rope, go uh, uh, next question is between diversity within Cyberfight stables offering increasing international export, do you think you're beginning to tip the power balance in the Japan wrestling scene. Uh, Tagagi re uh, replies, I do feel that we have momentum slowly, but surely the financials of coming along with some uh, latencies with all about how we can catch up this COVID era. Having said that aside, the competition or whose rank were in the industry. I do feel the industry needs to work together to certain extents, especially the number of these circumstances. Japanese pro wrestling industry does not have a central body or a commission like other professional sports do. So it's hard to work together when lobbying working with with joint statements publicly. We New Japan, All Japan, <coughs> DDT, NOAA, Diana, uh Tokyo Pro once had a plea with Congress Hiroshi Hase in 2020, but I believe that we need to take the step further and create some kind of commission central body. Great question. Uh, Inside the ropes uh, said this. From in the in-ring perspective, like the likes of Yuki Unio and Hikari Noah and others seemingly having the breakout years, who has impressed you thus far in 2021? And do you expect big things from its future? Unio has mentioned, of course, but also Katsumata and Moa and Takashita once again. Takashita hit rock bottom last year, losing twice to Junakiyama. He knew that he was to do something. And this is why we set, uh, he went to AEW. And he seems that he gained something while he was there. Along with a whole bunch of new followers on Twitter, 
I want to see what he's come back in 2021 to 2022. I when I think about Katsumura and Mao are still lacking order of becoming ta- top talent. I see that Endo and Takashita have the motivation to become top stars in the entire industry. But it seems that uh, Katsumura and Mao still li- uh, have sides of them that want to enjoy being themselves. I cannot deny they gain popularity by enjoying what they do. But they need to a broader perspective if they elevate themselves. At Tokyo Yoshi, I gave great things out of Hikari Noah, Yuki Aria, Suzumi, and Mia, uh, Miyamari. Miyu Yamashi is the current Princess of Princess Champion. But the next generation needs to emerge to take over the veterans. And I don't know who um, especially will get the job done out of Hikaru, Aria, Nozumi, and Mai, but in the roster already. Hikari was one of the most visible char- uh, charisma, but one of the other hand, you can see that the kind of ambition dur- burning uh, inside Suzumi and Mari already made a sudden huge impact coming in from the outside, which effect, uh, affected the everyone in the roster, and it's Interesting to watch uh, be, uh, because you see how impact they are, everyone else inside. With all the brands, promotions, I'm always thinking about the 10 years out of the future. There are reasons I think TikTok when I am fifth in my 50s. While the app targeted for teens, we need to create new stars that resonate with the demographic, which is true. Speaking of Noah... Uh, when we last spoke, she had recently threatened to run me over in her van on a rojo or you're still looking at over your shoulder. For sure, knowing her, she might attack me at any moment. Her hardcore debut match wasn't bad, but I feel that she played around a bit much. I don't think she had needed to bring the CDs leftovers in in the inventory of the CD debut up of the up and up girls as a weapon. She wants to beat Rina uh, Yamashita. She needs to think about more creative and effective weapons. She's good with ladders, so we might do her well to think more va- uh, variations of to use ladders. One of the other goals you mentioned last year was to run Tokyo Dome. It is still an aspiration or and if it's so, then what is you hope to do? Of course, it's still a goal of ours. If we make Cyber Fight Festival 2021 a success, I would think we will start getting a glimpse of the path of Tokyo Dome. I would like to see that too. At Cyber Fight Festival, you be part of the 15-man tag team match against Pro Wrestling Noah's Congo Stable. What are your expectations of Kano and his team? I don't expect anything from him. I really... If he really wants to get more eyeballs on Noah and I have crossed over the masses, he should stop being opinionated and vocal just on his weekly article and shun pro and get a social media. I'm going to put an end of everything and finish him off in Saitama Super, uh, Super Arena. And, of course, this is the last question he goes. Finally, we, many of our since we many of your goals uh, from the last conversation have already come to pass. I wanted to ask, 
What are your hopes for the stable year were were for the short and mid uh, midterms? Noah's doing fine. They just need to keep going on the path that they are on. DT celebrates his twenty fifth anniversary next year anniversary. We will keep building that with pro wrestling to, uh, with Tokyo Yoshi Pro. A big star, Yuki Arya, has joined, and I expect a chemistry reaction that stimulates uh, the existence of roster members, and a lot of things depend on situations around the co the COVID. But I do believe that we will have a clear outlook once Cyberfight Festival 2021 is in the books. So there, there you have it, folks. I know this is long. <coughs> uh, Shinjiro has seen a lot of success since uh, having working with not just one, but three promotions with uh, DDT Pro Wrestling, which is his primary promotion he is, Pro Wrestling Noah, and Tokyo Yoshi Pro. So I have to say, this thing is going to be a very interesting thing to, to watch. Uh, they're still yet to uh, announce when this um, cyber fight show will take place. But you heard heard me well that I said there's going to be a triple main event. Which means each match is from representing the promotions. The uh, It's the top titles. For Tokyo Yoshi Pro, we have Challenger. Um, what's her name? Yuka Sakasaki, the magical girl, taking on the current champion, uh, Miyu Yamashita, uh, who Kenny Omega knows too well. Uh, for press Pro Wrestling Noah, we got Challenger. Now, Michi Marifuji, who's been a long-term veteran of the brand and served as the vice president of the, of the company, taking on Keiji Mudo, who is, of course, the current champion, who won that title back in Budokan, which was a huge success. And he was also head of, of brand promotions like Wrestling One, Wrestle One and all that. And finally, we have the um, the o the KO Open Weight Championship, uh, Jun Akiyama, and I forgot his opponent. So basically, we have three championship matches that's going to take place in Cyberfight. And I'm very, very excited to hear that. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, this one had made headways this past week. WWE has, uh, they. Uh, this came from Fightful. It has been announced that WWE are in talks with New Japan Pro Wrestling about having an exclusive partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, I can sense right now there's a division in the Pro Wrestling fan base, mostly coming from... AEW fans and WWE fans. Now, let's talk about what is it a good thing for both sides. For this t topic, this could be a good thing with WWE because they will love there's endless of dream matches we will love to see. And not to mention certain wrestlers who have a history with New Japan, it would make a lot of sense. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, where do you think Shinsuke Nakamura's promotion he was in prior before going to WWE? It was New Japan. So that's the way I see it. AEW fans will say, no, that's no way. But ask yourself this obvious question. Why is this happening? Two reasons, in my opinion, it's happening. One, WWE are trying to cut AEW in their tracks. It's no secret that AEW really wants to have a full partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling since they first established back in early of 2019 
when AEW first began. And that's always been the talk. And recently, we have been seeing <coughs> wrestlers from New Japan making their way to AEW. Starting with Kenta, who set up to be in a match against uh, John Moxley for the IWGP United States title, which he lost the match. We have guys like Yuji Nagata, uh, Ren Arita, and of course, uh, what's his name? Rhea, uh, oh yeah. And Rocky Romero. And that kind of made a lot of sense. Now, two. Why? Now, what's number two on this? Easy. If you may have heard Nick of uh, Nick Khan, he is the new president of the company. No, he is not in relations to Tony Khan. Uh, Tony Khan's father is originally from Pakistan. Uh, Nick Khan's family is originally from I from Iran. So there's there's no relationship except for name, and they come from two various different uh, cultural uh, countries in the Middle East, which I'm not here to talk about. Now, Nick Khan has been recently making moves. One of them was, of course, the cleansing of the talent with starting back in April with the 10 wrestlers and then NXT. But he also was the mastermind behind having a partnership with MLW. Now, if that was the case, then why does he want to make MLW, uh, the New Japan uh, partnership? That's very simple. Nikon has been keeping up with the buzz that's been happening about inter um inter inter internal interpromotional uh shows people want to see because he's tired of the buzz that's been going on about how fans are criticizing WWE. Of course, there have been criticism to WWE about how they won't work together, how they won't establish any working relationship. Nikon wants to end that crap and wants to prove. They can work, and New Japan is the one company they feel they can do it. Now, why New Japan? Why they couldn't do it with Pro Wrestling Noah or Dragon Gate or DDT? Well, New Japan Pro Wrestling is the most popular promotion in all of Japan, and I think it's the top. And that's kind of the reason. They want to give them an offer where they feel like they don't need AEW. AEW don't have the bigger platform. Like, it's not about the platform. There has been talks by fans how their mixed feelings are. Now, for all you WWE fans, please understand this. There's a reason. If you all recall, there's many moves that many wrestlers come up. Let's say uh, for a wrestler like myself, well, a wrestling a guy, if I was a wrestler, let's say I have 15 moves and they told me to reduce it to three. I'm like, are you out of your mind? I have these moves. People expect me to use them. But once you're WWE, it's not going to happen. So basically, it's like, we don't know exactly if that's the case. Now, there's still no word whatsoever coming from New Japan if they will accept the deal. But here's the thing. They already are in somewhat of a, a relationship with AEW and Impact Wrestling. But New Japan also has relationship with a uh, partnership with Ref Pro, Ring of Honor, and Consejo Mundial Lucha Libre, which is CMML. So basically, it's a lot of things that it's happening. But I don't know exactly what the talks are uh, from. What I can tell, Nick Khan is in charge of that. 
and whatever Nick Khan decides, that's his speech. Now, I know there are a lot of fans that are holding their breaths, especially the AEW fans who want to see New Japan Pro Wrestling align with AEW. And, of course, I can see that WWE fans out there, if you guys are listening, that you guys want to have New Japan align with WWE. I mean, look, they're both great brands. But if it was me, I would like to see them with AEW because <coughs> they're more lenient to the wrestlers whatever moves they want to throw in. And that's the thing. But right now, we can only speculate to think what's going to happen. But however, for me, let's just wait and see what happens. If, a a and if New Japan Pro Wrestling wants to work with them, we'll see. But if not, then that's fine too. So... Well, and I hope you guys enjoyed me talking about these topics. This is a very long one I've ever done so far, but uh, I'm very proud of doing all of this. So if you guys have me on YouTube, you uh, Deleted WrestleZone, then you can follow me. I'll be releasing a new video soon, which is going to be reviewing the latest Got to Move episode with a show uh, celebrating the best bros and, of course, Double Nothing by AEW. But for now, I'll see you guys in the next DWZ time. Same DWZ channel. I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day. Bang!